You're listening to the Investing.com's weekly crypto podcast with your host, Clément Thibault. Hello and welcome everyone to CryptoTalk, Investing.com's crypto uh, weekly podcast where we go over the weekly news. And this podcast is meant for those of you who kind of want to stay in touch with crypto markets and what is done in the crypto sphere in general, but don't necessarily want or can't, you know, follow day to day exactly what's happening and following all the drama that we've been having over the past week whether it's a volatility or the Bitcoin cash fork that we're going to be talking about today. So uh, so welcome again. Uh, this is Sunday, November 18th, and uh, we're going to be going over the topics of this week right now. So what do we have for you this week? So this week, we're going to be talking about just two events because uh, it's been, even though it's been a pretty eventful week in crypto, I think that two events actually deserve most of the attention because they they will have, you know, they will have consequences for days and weeks and maybe even years to come. So the first topic that we're going to be talking about is obviously the Bitcoin Cash fork. So Bitcoin Cash forked uh, last week uh, to Bitcoin ABC or Bitcoin Cash ABC and Bitcoin Cash uh, Satoshi's vision or SV. Uh, that's the first topic that we're going to be talking a little bit about. I'm going to be explaining why it happened, uh, who are who is involved, and uh, and what are the implications for the future. And the second thing that we're going to be talking about today is the SEC actually starting to enforce uh, actions against ICOs, which is very very interesting. And we're going to see what it did and who got who settled with the SEC with a fine and why it happened and what are the implications again for the future. So that's our two topics for today. Uh, and uh, yeah, let's begin with the Bitcoin Cash Fork. So like I mentioned twice already, uh, Bitcoin Cash Forked uh, this week. And I want to talk a little bit about this, about the background, why did they split, you know, who stands behind each coin and, and that sort of thing. So if you haven't been following the Bitcoin Cash drama in itself, uh, it split from Bitcoin in August 2017. And basically, uh, you know, two factions were competing for how to scale Bitcoin and how to make it, you know, Bitcoin is kind of limited uh, regarding the amount of transactions that it can produce. It can produce about seven transactions per second and that's it. So people are always looking to see how can we make it, you know, stronger? How can we allow more traffic on the chain? So Bitcoin itself has maybe the Lightning Network or Layer 2 solutions, what we're called, but uh, Bitcoin Cash itself wanted the scaling to be done on chain. So what they did is that they increased the block size limit because Bitcoin is limited at one megabyte per block and and Bitcoin Cash is at 32, which means that more, transac more transactions can fit into each block. So that's why Bitcoin Cash did it. And so, but here we are, you know, uh, a year and something after they themselves uh, had differences with Bitcoin and split. Now, within the Bitcoin Cash community, there were also two different factions and they also split. And, you know, that's something that the code, the fact that the blockchain is, is open source, it allows for very easy forking. So if you don't like it, you can really fork. What you need to have is kind of economic support on one hand, you know, that you'll be able to mine and keep the chain secure and everything, which isn't a given. But, you know, Bitcoin and Bitcoin ABC and, and Bitcoin SV, what they ended up uh, forking into both believed that they could sustain a chain. So uh, so they were called Bitcoin ABC and Bitcoin Satoshi's vision. Uh, like I said, uh, that's what the, their, their tickers right now are BCH ABC 
and BCHSV or BAB and BSV. It's kind of unclear because every exchange has its own rules. Uh, what it is possible is that at the end, the, the winning chain will actually get to, to reclaim the BCH name back. And I'll be talking about that a little bit because uh, one exchange actually already crowned kind of a winner from this split. So why did they split? Uh, they split because, like I said, they both had, you know, two different factions and they kind of disagreed on what Bitcoin should be. Uh, ABC favored more complexity and, and functionality like smart contracts and oracles. And they also have some technology. They now want the transactions to be in a certain order within a block, which is supposed to allow for uh, more, you know, more uh, scalability. And and Bitcoin Satoshi's vision. So, so SV wants to actually revert to Bitcoin to the original version. So to the first client that there was. And they also uh, made the blocks bigger. 128 megabytes is now the limit for one block. So that's basically... The differences, the actors, you know, it's because it's a lot of it's it's a lot of politics and it's a lot of people. It's not really a lot. Of, it's not necessarily all about technology. So you have a uh, Bitcoin.com CEO Roger uh, Roger Ver and Bitmate's co-founder Jihan Wu. There are the two guys supporting ABC. ABC was kind of the original Bitcoin Cash. So this was like the main implementation of Bitcoin Cash. And and Craig Wright uh, supports Bitcoin Satoshi's version. It's kind of his product. And personally, if we're honest, I'm not a fan of anyone there. Uh, but I think that, you know, Craig Wright really outdid himself with the threats that he issued this time, you know, to like everyone. And and this work really kind of got dirty with insults and that kind of stuff. Uh, Craig Wright actually claims to be claimed in the past. I'm not sure that he claims that anymore, but he claimed to be Satoshi himself. And he's kind of tried to prove it over the past couple of years. But most of his proof have been bogus right now. So he also has lost a lot of credibility, but he still has his followers. Uh, he also, Craig Wright wanted to attack, 51% attack ABC, which means that, you know, if he has more hash power, he can create blocks faster and he can actually kind of break the chain and reorganize blocks within the chain, which is, you know, it's the worst, it's, it's the apocalypse for any blockchain to someone to have more hash power than your entire chain and being able to actually rewrite history. This is the, the one thing that blockchains are supposed to be against. Uh, so who wins uh, right now? So uh, as, as of this recording, I'm recording this right now, ABC kind of seems to be the winner. It trades for it trades higher on Polonyx. It trades for uh, $253, uh, while Satoshi's vision trades for 94 so that's a big price difference, and that showed that the market has a big preference for ABC rather than for SV. Uh, it has 40% more proof of work done on it, which which means it's the strong it's the stronger chain, and it has more hash rate. It has 59% compared to 41. So uh, even though Craig Wright actually you know was threatening ABC that he will destroy the chain by attacking it, it doesn't seem like he has that hash rate to do it right now. So you know, it, so it's kind of been an empty threat. We'll see if he has an ace up his sleeve. Like, I don't know, but it's still developing. So, of course, everything I'm saying right now is not necessarily the truth for the future. Uh, the one thing to know is that, you know, uh, BCH split into ABC and SV, but the sum of the two parts are not as high as the sum of the whole, which means that BCH, Bitcoin Cash, was worth more before those two guys split. And, you know, I think that at the end of the day, this fork was kind of destructive 
and and both lost a lot of money by mining at a loss or you know they could have mined bitcoin and made more money so you know it's 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 really gotten personal and and people really you know it's it's not even just about economics anymore it's about you know people with you know relatively big egos let's let's put it that way uh, trying to fight over who's right and who has the more power or you know a few other analogies so if you if you were holding a uh, bitcoin cash before the split now that we know kind of what it's about uh, can you redeem your coins so not yet according to most exchanges they're both still waiting uh, they're all still waiting to see you know who uh, how the network stabilizes and and how you know it will affect everyone going forward and not sure exactly how it's going to play out so they're kind of putting everything on hold right now so you can trade futures on Polynex, but you can really withdraw you know your money anywhere and what will be the end you know that's that's the that's the other question so is it the last fork that we see from bitcoin cash or generally from a bitcoin uh, i think not i think that it's not the last because as long as you know people will need to collaborate to create something you know there will be disagreements and because forking the code at least is relatively easy like i said you still need a lot of money and power to do it and because there's the technical possibility i really don't think that you know it's the last time that we see a fork in a bitcoin uh, regarding the abc versus satoshi's vision battle uh it seems to me that you know the community is supportive of abc you know a lot more than they are supportive of satoshi's vision in part because of you know who's leading satoshi vision like i said craig rye who claimed to be satoshi and uh, satoshi's vision does have a few rich actors but that's about it and the abc implementation was the original bitcoin cash and, you know, so I think that it also has that working for it. And it's way too early to guess. But seeing, you know, what I'm seeing right now, it does seem like ABC will continue to be the dominant one. And I mentioned before that some exchanges are actually giving back the BCH ticker. And Kraken already announced that it will give back the BCH ticker to the ABC implementation. So that's the first, I think it's one of the first exchanges to do this. Uh, it seems that, you know, that's the current trend right now. And unless Satoshi's vision, you know, and Kirk Wright can engineer some kind of brilliant ace in the hole kind of comeback, it seems that they will be the one actually losing, uh, even though, you know, I think the entire Bitcoin cash community lost. So that's the one thing, you know, it was very destructive for the community. So they lost, but, you know, it, it appears that ABC will end up being worth more than Satoshi's vision. And I'm not sure that there is support for both of them in the community. So this might be a situation of one fork actually winning over another. And if that should be the case, I think that ABC will definitely get the win uh, over Satoshi's vision. But again, very early. It happened like a couple of days ago. And we'll see what happens. And definitely development. It's, de it's definitely a developing story. So that's something to keep in mind. And uh, we'll definitely recheck on that uh, sometimes in the next uh, couple of weeks, three weeks. And those were nine minutes on Bitcoin Cash. I think that's definitely the longest segment that we've ever had. But I think that, you know, it was still the fourth biggest coin market cap wise. And I think that it's a story that a lot of people didn't understand. So I really wanted to put an emphasis on it. And if it takes nine minutes, then it takes nine minutes. And now we can move on safely to talking about more regulation coming out of the SEC. All right, we're moving on to an SEC case. Now, you know that feeling when, you know, you get some kind of ruling or some kind of law is made and you have the feeling that it's going to have a long lasting impact and that this is kind of a precedent has been set and, and there's kind of no going back from, you know, that ruling or that law. This is kind of how I feel 
with the, the what we're going to be talking about right now. So basically what happened is that the SEC sent cease and desist orders uh, to two ICOs that ICO'd after July 2017. Uh, what they claim was that the company's token was a security and that they broke the securities law because obviously they didn't treat it as a security and they didn't register it with the SEC or qualified for an exemption. So that's that's definitely, that's kind of like every ICO. So we're talking about it's potentially applicable to every utility token ICO that has been since July 2017. So uh, what stands behind this SEC cease and desist order is that if you sell securities uh, in the U.S., you have to register with them. And and not and the two companies that are under that settled with the SEC, we're going to talk about settlement just a little bit later down the road. Uh, it's Airfox, which had the Air token, and Paragon. Uh, Air Paragon was uh, trying to, you know, bring blockchain to help with organizing uh, the cannabis industry. That was you know that that was their uh, declared goal, and Airfox tried to sold try to sell a mobile telecommunication uh, technology that would help people with the token to buy services at a discounted rate. And so both ICO'd uh, after July 2017. Uh, Airfox raised $15 million in his ICO and Paragon raised 12. So successful ICOs that, re- that you know, multi-million ICOs, Uh, that are now being charged, uh, actually settled. They actually settled with the SEC because most cases don't really get to litigation and they both kind of, you know, you accept the blame, you pay a fine and you move on and this is what happened here. So, uh, but what the SEC focused on, that's like the interesting part and that's why I wanted to talk about this today. So first of all, uh, the SEC focused on the fact that even though those were marketed as utility tokens, at the moment, of the moment they were sold, you couldn't actually do anything with them. They they both didn't have functionality, right? So if you bought air tokens, you you can't do anything else rather than speculate on the price of air tokens right now. You can't buy anything with it. You just kind of you just kind of hold it and hope that it goes up in value, right? So they both promised to kind of build an ecosystem around their token. And but the SEC didn't really care about that, and it's looking at what the tokens are functioning as today. So can I do anything with your tokens today? And the answer for both and for if we're honest, I think maybe 99% of ICOs is just a flat out no. There is absolutely nothing you can do with 99% of the ICO tokens that you've bought over the past of the couple of last years. Nothing. So almost every ICO. Just just by that, every ICO is a security according to the SEC. Just that, you know? And, and this is why I'm saying that this is such a landmark case. Because it actually proves all along that everything was a security. And it's not just the functionality that didn't exist. And the other part, some ICOs did and some didn't. But it's promising a secondary trading market. So both Airfox and Paragon you know, actually said that they will ensure a secondary trading market uh, after the offering. So not, you know, not when the ecosystem will get up, not when, you know, not well you can use those tokens. So those tokens will be able, you will be able to trade those tokens without those tokens having any functionality. That's like the second thing that ticked off the SEC. 
and you know they they were basically they were basically creating you know ways to invest and trade on something that is completely air and doesn't exist and and that's you know the SEC at the end of the day looks at what you are not at what you say you are and it has a test for that and it's called the Howey test and the Howey test is a test to determine if something is a security or not so uh, it has four four topics four questions that it that it asked or four criteria that it demands in order for something to be deemed a security so is it an investment an an investment of money right that's the first thing do you invest any money in something okay if yes okay that's the first step and then do you expect to profit from that investment do you expect that that investment to to rise in value the third is uh, do you invest the money in a common enterprise? And the fourth, which is very important here, is that any profit comes from the effort of a promoter or third party, which means you aren't investing in yourself. It, you, as the investor, cannot, you know, you cannot influence whether the security will go up or down or whether your investment will be, will go up or down. And so if you would do all that, if you invest money to profit in something that you have no control over, it's a security. That's according to the SEC, and that's why this case is so important right now because it, it, really, it really states that you know, 90%, 99% of ICOs were indeed securities, and the fact that you brand in something as a utility token, if, it's not, if, it, if it doesn't have any utility the moment you sold it, then it's a security. Now, of course, uh, following the fact that they've both been found you know, in violation of the Securities Act, uh, they both have to pay damages. So they both have to pay a quarter million dollars. That's two hundred and fifty thousand dollars to the SEC. But that's not the most interesting thing. The most interesting thing is that according to the settlement, they both have to publish a claim form to token purchasers to to be able to allow them to actually claim the value of their investment back. Which means that even though the token lost ninety percent. They'll probably need to actually repay investors at the price that you know they raised, and that's I think that that's going to be a question going forward if they have to repay like in crypto. So if I gave you one ether, do you have to buy me one ether, uh, or if we're talking USD value? And according to a document that uh, the block published, uh, you can see that Airfox is actually is actually uh, reimbursing people in USD amounts plus interest. So. If it's USD amounts, you know, and you bought into the ICOs of Air, of Air Token and Paragon, you have the opportunity to actually make your money back and, and forget the fact that you made a really, really bad investment and lost over 90%. So it's kind of like having a rope out, an escape rope out, and, and you can actually get your money back. So if you are invested in those companies and you bought at the ICO, you know, please follow up on that and please get your money back. Now, that's, that's about it for today. Uh, for the future, of course, like I said, every ICO after July 17 is probably liable to to all of that. So I think that many will now be requested to pay back funds and fines and, and all sorts of things that, you know, there's been hundreds and hundreds of ICOs. I have no idea how long it'll take for the SEC to get to the bottom of everyone. But, you know, knowing the SEC, I kind of trust they, they will. Uh, all right. That's it for today. That's our podcast for today. So it's been definitely been a long one. Uh, I understand that. But, you know, I focused on two issues that were more important than the rest. And I chose to kind of sacrifice another three, four, five minutes uh, for them instead of doing maybe shorter segments. 
Uh, if you have any, you know, if you have any comments on that, please let me know. If you'd like us to, you know, focus on maybe one or two issues a week and actually go in depth, then let me know. If and if there's, you know, good issues and, and good problems this week that we need to talk about, we will. The address for complaints or comments is probably my Twitter account. So if you search for Cryptalk, the name of this podcast on Twitter. Uh, you'll probably find my account. My name again is Clement Thibault, but I'm not going to try and spell it out for you because it's very difficult and you won't find it that way. Uh, we're the first account. You'll see my face with a cartoon on it and send everything you have my way. You know, good things, bad things. I, I just want to hear your feedback and uh, I've been getting some over the past few weeks and it's been awesome. Uh, all right. So thank you for being with us on Sunday. Uh, next episode will come to you from London as I will be a guest at XM, uh, the Brokers Gala. They have an investor's gala in London. I think tickets are on sale. So if you want to grab one, please do. Uh, so I'll be there. I'll still do the podcast, of course, London or not. Uh, we've done one from Korea. London is not going to stop us. And I look forward to being here again next week and to talk about this week's burning issues. All right. So see you later and have a great week, everyone.